Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knows. My name is Chris and I'm your host and I just read things. I drink coffee. Ah, That's good stuff. And I read things. So if you're here, you want to hear me read something, right? Well, I promise that as long as I'm reading you stuff... Uh, it will be choice quality stuff, okay? Things that matter, things that things that you didn't know you needed to know, things that you didn't know you don't need to know, things that I thought you needed to know, things that I thought I don't know that you don't need to know. Yeah, so we're just going to uh, always get right into it. All right. Today we are reading a an uh, article, publication, private publication, um, on the Association of American Medical Colleges website, aamc.org. Uh, they are a nonprofit organization based in Washington. Um, and yeah, if you want to know more about them, go ahead and get, check out their page. I'll have a link to this uh, article, publication on the description of this podcast and you can check it out if you want Uh, i'm not your dad or your mom or your boss do whatever you want (laughs) um all right i'm just gonna shut up and start reading so the article is called 54 million american people in america face food insecurity during the pandemic it could have dire consequences for their health Uh, this is a staff writer bridget belch And it was written on October 15th of 2020, so it's fairly new. Um, But it probably is still relevant. We'll see what happens. Physicians, researchers, and food policy experts highlight the need for accessible, healthy food to combat poor health in vulnerable positions. There's a picture of a bunch of cars in line with a food bank sign. Uh, April 10th, wow. Cars line up at free groceries distribution site for those impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic on April 10th, 2020 in Inglewood, California. All right. When the Massachusetts General Hospital Revere Healthcare Center, that's a mouthful for a hospital, opened its therapeutic food pantry in January 2020, the plan was to start off with a three-month, 10-patient pilot program. The pantry would provide plenty of plant-based healthy food to the patients, all of whom had nutrition-dependent chronic diseases like diabetes and obesity and were food insecure, meaning they lacked enough food to live a healthy and active life. Of course, then COVID hit, says Jacob Mirsky, MD, a primary care physician at MGH Revere and the food pantry's medical director. The number of community members in the Boston area struggling to access access nutrition nutritious food jumped in March as the measure puts in place to contain the novel coronavirus pandemic hit them economically. Mirsky and his team decided to rehaul the entire operation and expand service to every patient treated at the center and their families. With funding from NGH Revere and partnerships with local food nonprofits, the pantry grew from operating out of a closet to filling a 1,000-square-foot storage space and feeding up to 80 patients and their families each week. 
Food insecurity across the country has risen significantly since the pandemic sidelined 14 million workers in the United States from February to May, according to the Pew Research Center. Feeding America, the largest hunger relief organization in the United States, estimates that 17 million people in the country could become food insecure because of the pandemic, bringing the total of more than 50 to more than 54 million people in the country, including 18 million children. Before COVID-19, food insecurity was at its lowest since the Great Recession, but still impacted 37 million people. Since food insecurity and poor nutrition are associated with several, several chronic illnesses that put people at high risk for the more severe complications of COVID-19, the food access crisis threatens to exacerbate the already glaring disparities in health outcomes for vulnerable people, including low-income people, children, other adults, older adults, and immigrants living in the United States illegally. Though the factors underlying racial and ethnic disparities in COVID-19 in the United States are multifaceted and complex, long-standing disparities in nutrition and obesity play a crucial role in the health inequalities unfolding during the pandemic, writes a cohort of physicians and researchers in an article published in the New England Journal of Medicine in September. A healthy diet rich in fruits and vegetables and low in sugar and calorie-dense processed foods is essential to health. The ability to eat a healthy diet is largely determined by one's access to affordable, healthy foods, a consequence of the conditions and environment in which one lives. Mursky believes that it's incumbent upon that it is incumbent upon the healthcare system and particularly academic medical centers to take on a greater role in educating and connecting patients to healthy and tasty foods, and consequently reduce the prevalence of nutrition-related illnesses. We're now living in a world where it is abundantly clear that the power of doctors and medical students and trainees expands beyond the walls of a healthcare setting, Mursky says. Building these types of solutions that address social determinants of health is just as, as important, if not more important, than prescribing them medicine. Food is medicine. Over the past decade, a growing body of research has linked poor nutrition to poor health outcomes, particularly in patients with chronic diseases such as heart disease and diabetes. This can stem from not only a lack of food, but also an, access, an excess of unhealthy food that can cause obesity and contribute to other health problems. For many, this could be because they live in a food desert, where there are no grocery stores within a mile of their home, or because unhealthy food may be cheaper and easier to access. Well, that's definitely true. The research has birthed a movement known as Food is Medicine, where physicians, nutrition experts, and policymakers encourage the use of programs that provide medically tailored food to prevent and treat serious illnesses in patients, as opposed to relying solely on pharmaceuticals and other healthcare interventions. Food is really critically important for many of the diseases that are plaguing our country and the world, Mursky says. A report published by the United States Department of Agriculture in 2017 found that food insecurity was associated with 10 of the costliest and most deadly preventable diseases in the country, including hypertension, diabetes, cancer, and stroke. Conversely, a healthier diet, particularly one that focuses on plant-based meals, has been associated with reduced risk for several chronic diseases, depression, and decreased mental fun function. Barriers to access. But for millions of people in the United States, eating enough nutritious food is far easier said than done. Certain groups living in the United States face additional barriers and risks when it comes to nutrition and health, particularly in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Children, nearly 30 million children in the United States qualified for free or reduced-cost lunches at school in 2019. The pandemic has complicated food insecurity among children, as the estimated number of food-insecure kids could jump from 11 million to an estimated 18 million, according to Feeding America. While many schools have continued to provide pre-meals to children in need and food banks and pantries have amped up services, the, disrupt, the, the, the disruption could have concerning long-term consequences. Studies have linked food insecurity in children to poor health, stunted development, behavioral issues, and difficulty keeping up in school. Older adults. Seniors generally defined as people age 65 and older are at an increased risk of the more severe complications that come with the pandemic, the COVID. Consequently, those who live on low and fixed incomes face greater barriers to access adequate nutrition. This can, in turn, further increase their vulnerability to poor health outcomes. A lot of older adults, unfortunately, don't have a generous retirement income, explains David Vise, PhD, an associate professor an associate professor at Mississippi State University Extension and College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, who has studied food insecurity in older adults. They might be living on nothing but Social Security. Some might not have Social Security. We know that we have an increasing number of grandparents raising grandchildren. That can be a challenge. Baez says that older adults who are frail or lack transportation may struggle to get to the grocery store or to a food pantry and that some are afraid to go out and risk exposing themselves to infection. Food banks, food pantries, and other community outreach organizations have had to be creative in ways that they serve older adults since the pandemic hit, such as delivering food to their homes, drawing on long-standing programs like Meals on Wheels, Bias says. One study from before the pandemic found that in a group of older adults discharged from the hospital, those seniors that received meals delivered by Meals on Wheels had lower rates of hospital readmission in three and six months than expected. Providing healthy meals can be a key to keeping older adults healthy and out of the hospital or congregate healthcare situations that might increase their risk of contracting COVID. It's an issue of particular concern since more than 84% of people over the age of 65 have at least one chronic condition and may face economic hardship as a result of medical debt, according to the National Council on Aging. Immigrants in the United States illegally. While Latino communities in the United States in general have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, immigrants in the country without legal permission, many of whom are Latino, are particularly vulnerable to food insecurity because they are not eligible for many government relief programs. Even before the pandemic, one in four experienced food insecurity, according to a 2016 report by Bread for the World, a nonprofit dedicated to ending hunger. While Medicaid programs in some states, including California and Massachusetts, are beginning to cover the cost of programs that provide food to patients, people living in the country illegally are not eligible for Medicaid, nor are they eligible for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as food stamps, nor the $1,200 stimulus check that the federal government approved earlier this year. We see a movement right now to integrate more food and nutrition services into healthcare delivery, delivery and financing, explains Sarah Downer, JD, Associate Medical Associate Director of Whole Person Care at the Center for Health Law and Policy of Innovation of Harvard Law School. Associate Director of Whole Person Care at the Center for Health Law and Policy Innovation of Harvard Law School. That is another freaking mouthful. But every gap that we have is a place where undocumented immigrants fall into that gap. 
Instead, many rely on local food pantries for aid, which were stretched thin early in the pandemic while trying to accommodate millions of new clients, says David Velasquez. A fourth-year medical student at Harvard Medical School who is also pursuing a Master's of Business Administration at Harvard Business School and a Master in Public Policy at Harvard Kennedy School. Velasquez, who experienced food insecurity himself as the child of Nicaraguan parents who originally came to the United States illegally before being granted asylum, decided during the early months of the pandemic to research policies that could support food access for immigrants during this crisis. He teamed up with another Harvard medical student, Jordan Kondo, and two attorneys from the Center for Health Law and Policy Innovation, Downer and Emily Broad Lieb, to write a journal article that argued for policies that could help bring relief to immigrants who aren't eligible for much government aid. For example, they said the government should make, make it a priority to fund emergency food services programs that are accessible to those living in the country illegally, such as food banks and community health centers, and that health systems should ensure that they are not excluded from programs that integrate nutrition into healthcare delivery. Food is a basic human need, Velasquez says, and it's something that we all deserve. Facing a long-term problem. When Mirsky was crafting the model for MGH Revere's therapeutic food pantry, it was important to him that the pantry provide not only nutritious food, but also the means to enjoy it. Patients who visited the pantry initially received pots and pans, a spatula, oil, spices, and consultations with the nutritionists who could help them come up with recipes that they enjoy. The goal is to foster self-motivated, healthy lifestyles. When the pantry expanded to a greater number of patients due to the pandemic, they could no longer offer all these services, but they hope to reintroduce, reintroduce them in the future. Food and eating are a central part of the human experience, Mirsky says. Cooking and enjoying healthy food is a very powerful and respectful way of improving someone's life. The MGH Revere Pantry in the Boston area is just one of the many nutrition outreach, outreach programs that healthcare providers across the country have increasingly supplement, implemented in recent years. As the American Hospital Association highlights in its Social Determinants of Health report series, more healthcare providers are screening for food insecurity regularly and helping connect their patients to resources. Still, food insecurity persisted before the pandemic, and the pandemic has further stretched existing community resources, as NPR reported in September. Mirsky notes that the pantry at MGH Revere is already feeling the strain and is leading an effort to raise funds for a permanent location for the pantry. He's also concerned about how much food they will be able to acquire in the winter when there will be less local produce available as renewed COVID surges, surges threaten to further stress systems. Our goal is to recognize that this is a very long-term problem that is going to require a long-term solution. And that's the end. So food insecurity, big, big deal, like huge deal. A lot of people don't know where they're going to eat. I mean, at the very minimum, they don't have access or the means to buy foods that will help them later in life um, so they don't get those those diseases as quickly those um with everything going on right now um you know i'm following all this uh stock stuff that's happening with uh gamestop and amc and nokia and all them and then this there's like a dogecoin there's a whole bunch of people trying to uh go for dogecoin again um I, I just, I'm not going to tell people what to do with, with their money. I'm not going to tell people what to do with their money. 
But if you do make a lot of money off of this and we do get, get those fat cats out of there and we just, it's truly a free market again, then I, I mean, I would ask or implore you to, if you cannot do anything else, at least donate some money or food to a food bank, probably money because they can figure out the nutritious op- nutritious options. Um, you could also donate to a local nonprofit that, that just uh, like a food pantry or a church or something. So they can just afford that to help out the people that need it the most, you know, cause I kind of, I, I mean, I know COVID's a huge thing. I know it's, it's really bad, but the 18 million kids are food insecure right now. That's too many kids that just, they, they get like maybe one or two meals a day. That's not enough. I mean, and, and it's not healthy. That's the thing. It's not, it's not a healthy option. Like they're eating a lot of sodium. They're eating a lot of, a lot of crap. So there are ways to, to help. If, if there's, if you can't do anything else, at least do that. Um, or even just time, you know, donate some time. They always, people always need help. So, um, that's the end of that. I will have the link to this, uh, article in the episode and until next time. Okay. Bye.